Not to say there's there's not going to be some kind of reward at, at the end of this season, um, but it's just like the positives and the negatives. Like I I have a really hard time trying to weigh that out. And I'm going to go ahead and apologize right now. There's a, <laughs> one of my cats is like meowing in, in, in the okay. back room over it, here. So uh, well, you know, uh, he or she, not sure, wants to chime in i'm sure it's his name's samson um and samson oh nice yeah he's just he's a goober and he does this on zoom calls and everything else welcome to an acc podcast i'm lauren brownlow and um i wanted to have somebody on this week that had a really interesting idea for a piece and one that i'm you know, I'm surprised hasn't been done more frequently, quite frankly. I say that as if like I had the idea as well and just hadn't done it yet. But I think it's a really important one too um, for all of us to to read during this time and to kind of think about these types of things. And um, Ethan Joyce from the Winston-Salem Journal. Hi, Ethan. Hey. Yeah, I wanted to have you on because I thought um, you're... I, I, I listened to you on the teleconference. I actually live stream... Uh, I live stream the ACC teleconference when it's a local, when it's a local coach. And so I tend to, you know, hear before and after some of the local coaches come on. And I, and I, I was sort of listening to your line of questioning with some of the coaches and some of the thoughtful answers you were getting about this question of like, how different is it? What is your different role essentially as, as a coach during this time? And I guess, how did you kind of get the idea and what'd you think about the responses that you got? You know, I think I think it started with Wake coming off their game against Notre Dame. It was a 21-point loss. And after, you know, I think anybody that's watched Wake play this year, like there's clearly a difference um, as far as like what Steve Forbes is trying to do. And that there's like a – there's actually improvement that you're seeing um, from, from last year, the last few years to this year. And you know, they just don't have the guys to do it yet. Um, but you can see it kind of kind of getting started this season just a little bit but I was I was sitting there thinking about about that game about the way Steve Forbes approached his press conference and he was was kind of just talking about how upset he was about you know some of the some of the traits he was seeing in this team and it was something that he was afraid was was going to pop up the way it did against Notre Dame um you know so I was just kind of sitting there thinking about at first it was how do you how do you help a team come back from a disappointing performance and what's really just a disappointing season um, you know like if if coaches had noticed if guys were having maybe more difficulty dealing with a difficult performance or if that lingered a little bit more you know and it kind of turned into I, I wasn't surprised that it turned into a mental health conversation but it kind of turned into the role coaches play this year as far as how do I push my guys? How do I critique my guys? But also how do I remember that they're dealing with more right now than maybe any student athlete has dealt with, um, you know, since, since college athletics has really been a thing as far as just the sheer burden of, of trying to get through this season. Um, you know, so that's really kind of what it turned into, but it started with, how do you get over disappointment and disappoint in a disappointing year? Yeah, certainly that's probably true, at least in the last hundred years. Sure. Or so, because I was thinking back, you know, I was I thought about doing a story about like what was it like playing sports during the last pandemic. And, you know, that pandemic was during a world war. So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> as definitely. understandably, like a lot of the focus from what I could tell was about the was on the war itself and not on like how, you know, athletics and not even on athletics as much anyway. It was just kind of like this war's going on and oh yeah, some people have the flu. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> right. and yeah, I thought that was I thought that was interesting. And it makes sense because, you know, we all know at least a little bit about war, World War One um, and, and how, you know, bad that was. But yeah, I mean, I do for me it's it's weird and I've been trying to think about this and I know that there are some obvious reasons, but it just this feels different to me than college football did in so many ways. And and maybe one of those is because I think when we started playing college football, a lot of people, I think a lot more people were not leading normal lives or attempting to. And um it was a genuine like respite for them. 
you know, it, yeah. it, it would, and it feels almost like the opposite now. Yeah. And I wonder <laughs> how much of that has to do with just the crescendo that a, a general football week has, you know, like for the most part, it stayed the same in the sense that it built up and built up toward a game on Saturday. And I think you had that definitive answer, you know, maybe midweek, maybe a little later in some cases, obviously, you know, the Florida state scenarios that happened um, were not ideal for people, (laughs) but um, I, I think you had a better idea of like what was tangible about midway through the week. And then when you're dealing with a basketball season like this one that, I mean, games are kind of everywhere. It's, it's, it's every day. It's, you know, more obscure times. Um, I don't know if that makes it seem more daunting. I, I kind of feel like that's probably what it is, but it has kind of just felt like this onslaught of, oh my God, like how do we even keep up with this at this point? And I'm sure you felt the same way, but it has kind of been this constant headache. And so if, if I'm feeling that way, I can't imagine what people that are actually like trying to, still have a little fun with the sport of basketball or feeling right now. Yeah. I, I think some of it too, is like the ACC and football built in some, you know, some, uh, some padding for making up games and, and in basketball, they had, didn't do that as much. And obviously it takes way less to cancel mm-hmm. a basketball game yeah. than it does in football too, with contact tracing and everything else. And I, it just, it almost feels as if they're trying to have a normal season and it's just not. Yeah, and that's what that's something Kevin Keats said when when I asked him a question on Monday. You know, he I think he was he was kind of talking about the injury he had had. I think he said it was his patella tendon. I'm I'm trying yeah. to remember. Yeah. Um but the injury he had had and how it made him change the way he kind of thought about athletes getting healthy, but at the end he was just like people are trying to act like this is normal and it's just not. Like it's just not. And it's like, it's like he almost reached his fill of trying to answer that question and, and like really just wanted to hit the truth, which like, I think everybody that's been in, in a basketball arena or anything knows that. And, um, that's kind of been one thing that I've really struggled to make it clear to people. I feel like other reporters, you know, that we, we know have mentioned too, just like how bizarre a basketball game is right now. and. And just how weird, like, I mean, I think, I think the lack of fans is just like an added cascade to all this because it just makes it so much more bizarre and and awkward. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's, you touched on this too. It's like, you don't get that reward. You know, I I think one of the coaches had said that to you, maybe it's Brad Brownell. It's like, although they do have some fans, but you don't get that reward of like having the fans support you as much. And I don't know. It's just, it almost feels like the college football season managed to play out in a way that was like the results felt meaningful. Yeah. uh, In a way that that's not as true consistently in college basketball too. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, it's, it's the whole conversation right now of, Hey, do, do we have conference tournaments or not? Um, you know, I think the ACC tournament is a is a great example of something that, especially people in this state, really really hold to this standard of of what an event it is and kind of what it's meant not only to the the basketball season but their sporting calendar, their their families, and you know being able to enjoy that together. Um, and now we're talking about should we even have it? And it's a real question, and it's it's one that should be asked. And I'm I'm sure that all the decision makers right now are trying to figure that out, but it's, it's just hard to, it's hard to, to fathom a basketball season where we say, you know what, let's just not do an ACC tournament and let's just, let's get, get everybody to the NCAA tournament. Um, that's wild to me as a kid that grew up in North Carolina, but I think that'd be the right decision, honestly. Yeah, it, it was. It's been a little surprising for me to see coaches that I know get it in quotes. You know, they understand the COVID situation and how serious it is. They've been very adamant about like we need to have this. Like Coach K said that, Roy has said that, um, and maybe it's just an ACC thing, you know, and mm-hmm. and wanting to give Greensboro something it didn't really get last year. Um, I don't know. It's it that's been striking to me too. 
Yeah. And it was like the, you know, Roy's whole conversation about, um, I, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago when someone asked, you know, do you even consider the idea of maybe not playing the ACC tournament if you have a, an NCAA berth lined up essentially? Um, and he kind of made that comment about, you know, if you opt out, you're quitting. Um, yeah. And I, I think like that was probably, you know, just like trying to pay attention to the way people gauged it. Like I really, I really don't think he was saying that as that full on blanket of like, Hey, if a basketball no. player opts out, um, I think some people took it that way, which is unfortunate, but, um, I mean, you could understand why that would be an important, like the tournament's important to Roy and, you know, clearly for Kay, especially for a team that, you know, really their only chance of making a tournament, the NCAA tournament is, is probably winning the, the ACC tournament somehow at this point. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it, you know, it's weird. It's like you said, it's weird. And I don't think anyone's really having a lot of fun with it, obviously. But um, now you're getting to the point where like, oh, do we, are we not going to get an ACC tournament? Is Greensboro going to get swiped again like this? Um, I feel bad for Greensboro. I really do. Yeah. I, I. It's weird too, because like the fun thing is something you mentioned. And I think for the most part, it did seem like, there was an element of fun in college football, even if some teams were ready to be done by the end of the year. Yeah. Just because it's a long season, but it did seem like there were moments of fun and joy for a lot of players. And it does seem like there's way less of that. Yeah. Yeah. Basketball. And, and I don't know. I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's just like the, the fact that you can miss out on so much more with a, with a shutdown in basketball. Um, you know, it seemed like, a shutdown in football maybe meant missing one game, but you'd probably get a get your your next week's game in. Um, you know, maybe two games, but like I, I I don't know. I just it's been so hard to try to understand why this feels so different. Um, and I think that kind of played into the story that I wrote, honestly. Of like, I don't know how's everybody dealing with this in a in a year where we're still all dealing with so much. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good story and one that's really important and and that's part of why I wanted to have you on too, because uh, I like going through the games in order, but I may make an exception because obviously like the, the big story this week in ACC land was um, North Carolina. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, I, I think it is interesting. Like I, I thought about this because it, it was mentioned in some stories, you know, during the beginning of this pandemic, we had Louisville soccer players kicked out of school for throwing a party. I mean, it was a little different in the sense that they were like specifically throwing a party, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. flouting the regulations and stuff. And from what I understand about North Carolina situation, they were so like, at least what from what North Carolina said, they were celebrating with each other and people showed up, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, somewhat relatable in a college setting <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of people showing up. And <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, um, but so it's it's a little bit different, but it, I do think it, it's it says a lot about where everybody is that there is, I think, a little less vilification overall of, of these guys um, for doing what they did, as opposed to like, again, those guys were kicked out of school for, for doing that um, at the beginning of the pandemic. I think we've all kind of realized that, like, we're forcing these kids to play, essentially, um, I don't forcing is, is maybe the bad word. I don't know. It, it, I understand why people wouldn't want to use that word. Um, but a lot of guys I'm sure don't feel like they have a legitimate choice, you know, even yeah. if they felt uncomfortable, Yeah, right. um, you know, I mean, you can't, if you're an NBA prospect, you can't exactly, um, unless you're a surefire thing, you can't exactly be like, Oh, I'm not going to play this year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> And, and same with same with football, right? I mean, unless you're a surefire guy, you, you weren't as likely to see guys be like, I'm not going to play. So I, I think there is that aspect of like, hey, we, we're, if we're playing, we got to play. And, and um, I think we've seen just like, I don't know, we've seen how the schools have kind of treated it too. And I think that that makes it a little less likely for us to be to come down on the kids for doing whatever when the adults in charge are um maybe not always handling this correctly. I don't know. I rambled a lot to say very little, but yeah, I, think well, no, I, I think you're right. Though. Like I've had like, first off, um, if there was ever a, a college party or get together that needed the, Hey, who do you know here guy? It was probably that one. Um, as far as like, 
trying to keep that to the team celebration that, that they said they were trying to keep it to. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm very much of the, of the, of the thought process that I don't know how you can wag your finger at the kids when the grownups are standing in the room. You know what I mean? Like the, 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 like I, I feel a little sympathy in parts to some of the people that storm Franklin street yet yeah, stupid, but storming Franklin street any year is kind of dumb. If you really boil it down and think about it, um, they definitely shouldn't have been gathered like that. But at the same time, like I've got a coworker right now who's, who's got a, a daughter who's a freshman in school and like listening to her kind of recount her daughter's experience right now. I feel just really bad for, for college kids in general. Um, and then when you take into the student athlete account, it's even worse because, you know, you're, you're being asked to kind of carry this professional workload. Um, and, and you're, you're not really, you're not really getting the benefit out of it. Like it's, you know, it's one thing to ask the NBA or NHL to, to have a bubble, right? It's another thing to say, Hey, what if we put college kids in a bubble or what if we do this or that? Because, you know, at the end of the day, they're not getting paid. They're, you know, there's, not to say there's there's not going to be some kind of reward at at the end of this season, um, but it's just like the positives and the negatives. Like I I have a really hard time trying to weigh that out. And I'm going to go ahead and apologize right now. There's a, one of my cats is like meowing in in, in That's the okay. back room over the, here. So uh, well, you know, uh, he or she, not sure, wants to chime it's, in. I'm sure it's Sam, his yeah. name's Samson. Um, and Samson. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's just, he's a goober and he does this on zoom calls and <laughs> everything else. So of course, yeah. It's the realities we're living in. And yeah, I think that there's an element too, of like just fatigue with all of this. And, yeah. and I think, I wonder how much there's not some element of like, you know, especially when you're a young college kid of like, I, okay, if I get it, like, I get it. I just, I'm tired. You know, <laughs> I, I know I've had some of those impulses myself. Like I, I've legit had some of those impulses myself of like, I'm just so tired of this. Like I want to figure out a way to like do something normal yeah, <laughs> and, and just say, screw it. You know, like, yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, and I know better, but there, that impulse is very much there of like, can we, I just want to go back to like something resembling normality. I mean, we're coming up on a year of this, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And, and, and I think these kids, you know, they're being told they can't really see their family and friends and all this other stuff. And it's easy to get swept up, I think, in a moment of doing something questionable um, when it just feels like, oh, God, screw it. Can I have a moment? You know, can I just have this moment? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I and that's the thing is, like, I know that I know that Ethan Joyce, the decision maker. I'm sorry. My, I think my cat's getting louder and louder at this point. Um, no, no, I can barely hear him. Actually. OK, good. Um, <laughs> Like Ethan Joyce, the the guy that has to make decisions for like himself and, you know, his growing family. Um, I'm not going to do anything stupid, but I could understand that Ethan Joyce, the college student, would probably not make best deci- the best decisions right now. Um, yeah. And I, and again, like I feel such sympathy and I think people get caught up in that, um, you know, well, you call them kids, but they're, they're adults. You know, they're they're 18 to 22 or 23 or whatever. Um, none of us were ready to be a real human being at that point in our lives. Um, And that's where I've really struggled this year, just kind of watching it all play out because, you know, even during football season, I cover app state for the journal. Um, Even football season, I'm covering guys that I've covered for three to four years and I know their personalities and I know the way they think. I know how they talk about things and I can, and when you can tell that a guy is very different. Um, you can tell that someone is affected by what's going on. That's a hard thing to see. Um, and that's, that's really what's bothered me and kind of stuck with me all year is seeing, seeing these athletes go through this and really being able to tell. Um, yeah. That's the hard part because I think a lot of times the canned answer of, you know, control what we can control and, you know, like, Part of part of what we do is is you know managing distractions and blah 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 blah. That's all been said before. I think it's real right now. Um, I think it's really real right now. Yeah, and it's it, it, the other thing too is, that, and we'll we'll get to the games in a second, I guess. But you know, it's it's interesting that to me that like 
you know, what I thought about too, when I saw those videos was like, how often has something like that happened? And there was not a Snapchat video. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like how often, and, and it may not be like a huge party or anything, but like how often have guys broken protocol and maybe that's how a team got an outbreak versus a guy going to the grocery store, or even a coach who knows what a coach is doing too. Like a coach might've brought it. In. We, we just don't know how yeah. these outbreaks happen. We just happen to have video in this case, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could easily see like, that kind of, you know, we just, we never hear about the source of an outbreak when a team has to go on a COVID pause. Yeah. Um, you know, the, we just, or just like the general, uh, map up of a, of a contact tracing protocol to begin with, you know, like, um, I don't know if you've been contact traced. I fortunately haven't been contact traced, but like, I have, yeah. Yeah. So my wife's been, my wife's a counselor and like, um, she, she only has a few clients that she's seen in person because they, they really struggle with the digital counseling. You know, some people just have a really hard time with it. Um, and she got kind of caught in a web of like, we were us waiting to see what this result was to see if we need to be tested. And like, it's not fun at all. You know, like it really, it really locks you in. So I can't imagine, you know, this for, for kind of one swipe to take out a whole team and, you know, potentially in that way. Um, that's just so hard. That's just so yeah. hard. And I wonder how much it creates division, like, cause the yeah. guys know, you know, yeah. so it's like, if a guy does do, do something stupid and you know it, you know, it, it's like, Hey, I've been doing X, Y, Z. And this guy went out and did X, Y, Z. And like, why, yeah. you know, I'm doing yeah. all the right things I'm sacrificing. And there is, I think there is that anger too, in, in America in general of like, I'm yeah. doing the right things. Like, why does, why do these idiots get to just go do whatever? And what nothing matters, you know, there is that sense of like, I guess it doesn't matter what I do, because these guys are just going to do whatever they want. And yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's not ideal. It's it's bad. But yeah, um, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I do get to go in order now, I guess. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I actually wasn't contact traced, but my son was so and my husband's been a contact trace. So yeah, like, they're the ones that are out in the world. I'm not really. Yeah. Um, so neither since neither of them have been positive, but like I had the health department on the phone for my kid, you yeah. know, yeah, <laughs> checking like, in and, and all that just, stuff. And you're sitting there like, well, can I run? Like, I, I need to go gas up my car. Can I go? Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, like, like well. technically they were like, you can, but yeah, exactly. It was like technically <laughs> you can. They're like technically you can because you weren't the contact. But like, I'm like, well, yeah, but what if he has it? And then you know. Yeah. I have it and I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what do we do? <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I ended up like very cautiously running a few errands during that time, mostly because I needed to get out of the house. Yeah, sure. Um, That's very relatable. <laughs> I, I was just like, I'm going to be extremely cautious and wear the best masks I, you know, I can and, and not, you know, cause I don't want to potentially spread it, but I also need to leave my home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going insane, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, games of basketball wake at florida state oh well th see here you go and wake big win yesterday yeah you know they're um i don't know it's i like, if you watch that game yesterday it's really hard to not think about the ways that ian debose could have helped them along the way um and i'm not really like I, i'm not sitting here saying that wake would be over 500 or anything like that but like I even asked Steve Forbes about this at one point. If if this is as far as like a coach coming into a league and trying to you know start building his program, um, is this is this a good time to be doing it? Because as you've seen, the ACC is just so screwy right now, um, and and you know Wake has managed to be in a lot of games with a lot of people. So it's you know it makes you wonder. You know, could they have beaten Virginia Tech? Um, a few weeks back, do they do they go nine minutes without a field goal in the second half against Louisville if if Ian's playing, or you know, do they do they kind of figure things out there at the end of the NC State game when Devin Daniels is is taken off the off the court and what later to be found out is a season ending injury? You know, I think I think his impact is going to be really big on the way this team goes forward. Now to say all of that. Um, they were also in a tight game with a Boston College team that was playing with, I think, six scholarship hey. athletes. Oh, they got another one back. Oh, good. Good, good for them. <laughs> um, you know, so 
there's still a long way to go for Wake. And I think anybody that's realistically looking at Wake, they understand that. Um, but like I was saying before, you can really start seeing, you're starting to see some of the things that are going to become, you know, the, the staples of Steve Forbes. And you can see some really fun play mixed in there. I'm sure it's really fun. It'd be funny to be in his head, like watching this offense and him knowing that it's not running as well as it could be because of some of the teams that he had at ETSU before, before he made his way here. Like, I'd love to know what, what that's like. Um, you know, so I think <laughs> if they can go to Tallahassee and play tight with Florida state, I mean, man, I don't know. I don't know what else, what, what you could, what more you could hope for, um, in that trip, honestly. Um, you know, if, if they, I, I'm not going to even, I'm not even going to flirt with the idea that they win that game. Um, but if they can play tight, like they have played most of their ACC games tight, that'd be a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. It would. And Florida state hasn't played this month yet. Yeah. Um, on the, on their second COVID pause. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and, um, so it'll be interesting because when they came off their first COVID pause, they look like a completely different team, a really, really good team. Um, and no shame in losing at Georgia Tech necessarily. Um, yeah, uh, that's a good Georgia Tech team, but it'll be really interesting to see how they look coming off of this one. And there's really no way to know. Yeah. And that's what's been so weird too. you know, kind of go- backtracking a little bit, but like the way the COVID breaks have. I call them breaks like they got to have fun. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but like the the way the COVID breaks have have like impacted teams both pos- positively and negatively. Um, you know, like Georgia Tech is a is a fun example of like they didn't get to play for you know more than two weeks, and then they come out and they they play pretty well. Like that's a that's a pretty fun team that just doesn't have enough bodies. Um, you know, th- their style of play is fun. So yeah, I mean. You just never know how a team's going to look because for every team that's come out looking just awful out of it because of the inactivity, you've got some teams that have come out looking even better than they were, which is just another weird wrinkle to all this. Yeah, it's. It, it, I think it tends to be, I think, more often than not that teams either look the same or, or look a little rusty, as you would imagine. But yeah. Florida State was the exception. Will they be again? Who knows? But... And yeah, it, it would be interesting to see. It, Wake is so weird. It's like, I feel like they either turn it over or like hit a three on almost every possession they have. That's about right. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> I remember like during the North Carolina game, that's what it felt like. It was like they would either just throw it away or hit a three-pointer. Yeah. It was like the weirdest team. Yeah. And you know, not to mention like poor Carter Witt going through, I think Steve Forbes called it this like doctorate program straight out of high school as far as, you know, graduating in December and then all of a sudden deciding that oh bless hey, I'm going to be an ACC player now. Um, yeah. Oh, that's the one that everybody says calls Brownlow because they're like, he looks like you. I'm like, we have the same hair, but Carter's hair is curlier than mine. Oh, it's some tight curls. There's, there's some high volume and some nice, some nice flowiness. I, I appreciate his hair as somebody that used to have long hair myself. Oh yeah. You had great hair. I mean, your hair is still good. I'm not. <laughs> I understand. I, know. I, 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 know. I feel it. I feel the same. I feel the same way of like, you know, my hair looks okay now, but, and not to mention like missing the, the perfect opportunity to grow my hair back out during a, you know, what's been almost a year of pandemic quarantine. I really, I really, really miss the boat of bringing it back. As a fellow long haired person with Carter, what do you, I mean, what do you feel about his um, refusal to wear a scrunchie? I respect it just because I was somebody that was, was team man bun all the time. Um, I kept my hair pretty tied up except for the occasional times where like I would, I would wear it down. Um, I don't, I don't know how he deals with it just because like the pure heat of mine was enough to make me keep my hair up. Um, you know, maybe, maybe there's something to be said for the airflow as, as far as like curly hair versus, um, you know, maybe thicker, wavier hair or, or, or whatnot. I don't, I don't know. I feel like maybe that's a story I should pursue. I think you just gave me a story idea of, Oh uh, my God, please do this because I'm telling you like the women ACC basketball fan community, uh, led by myself and, and Caroline Darney of streaking the lawn. We want answers. 
I'm gonna as soon as we get <laughs> off of this, I'm telling you, I'm gonna look up like if there's someone that has made a career out of um, studying hair and aerodynamics. This is gonna. I think this has legs. I really do. Yeah, and like you can just ask Carter, like, why don't you wear a scrunchie? Why don't you wear a hair tie? <laughs> all right, Carter. Thanks. That's all I wanted. <laughs> just like I, ask a few questions and bounce. <laughs> yeah, like I would be super curious to know. I mean, he doesn't even wear a headband because, like, Trevor Lawrence has long hair, but he wears a headband and a helmet. Obviously, that sure, you know. sure. But he he doesn't even wear you know. But Carter just goes out there with nothing, and it and it seems to always frame up his face the right way. Like that's what really does. That's what's really impressive. Um. Cause like, I know for me, it was just unavoidable of like having hair in my face all the time with any type of, any type of airflow. So like running down the court, it just, it works for him. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe as much training on court to become an ACC basketball player. Maybe there's a lot of training off court as far as product and, and the way that his hair has learned to grow over the years. Yeah. yeah we, we, I'm diving I'm, in hardcore I'm, on this. Like I, I don't oh know my God, this is enough. Oh, I'm so happy because we, so many of us want answers to this extremely trivial question, but (laughs) it bothers, it bothers a lot of us women out there in ways that we, you know, and you understand as a fellow long haired person, formerly long haired person, you get it. Sure. Yeah. Very envious. It's, it's, it's become almost maddening to see it. It's like, how? So We'll have to get answers, and I'm thrilled you're. I'm thrilled you're on the case. This is awesome. Uh, I can't wait till you ask Steve Forbes that question too. And he's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I need to ask Steve. I mean, I'll, I'll ask Steve. Like, when was the last time you had? When was the last time you had like? Yeah, a bald man. Um, I, hey, I know Carter has these turnover issues. Have you considered a scrunchie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be so funny. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like. There are crazier answers, you know. Sure. Uh, the- <laughs> oh boy, I'm so excited about this. Okay. <laughs> two two o'clock. ACC Network must see television. We've got Boston College at Syracuse. Okay, fun. Um, so if Syracuse follows their typical pattern, which is following no discernible pattern whatsoever, they will either struggle or lose this game, right? I feel like, and like maybe it's the perfect team for it too with Boston College because, like, you know, they're a big believer in the church of the three pointer. You know, like they they really have no issue just pulling the trigger at any point in time. Um, and I think, you know, one th- one thing we've learned as far as the Syracuse zone is if you're able to move the ball on it, but able to hit hit some long range shots, that's really that's really all you need. Um, I mean, like, I was kind of surprised with, with like, the way they played last night, to be honest. Like, I really, you know, when you hear that you're working with, a, you know, a small amount of scholarship players, I don't really know what to expect, honestly. And, like, I'm, I'm scanning over kind of their, their results, but at the same time, like, how useful are those? Like, how, how, how often or how much, how many guys are they actually going to have for this game? compared to what they had last night. You know, I don't, I don't know. Cause of course no one shares what a timeline looks like for COVID protocol or anything when it comes to college athletics. But I don't know. This, this seems like one of those, those screwy ACC games. It's not going to make a lot of sense, but if Boston college won, you wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I, I, it's not super surprised. Although man, looking at their numbers lately, it's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what's most surprising. Maybe they only had four turnovers against Wake. Yeah, and you know Wake hasn't necessarily <laughs> been very good at blocking shots and or stealing the ball. Um, yeah, that's been one of those things that I think they're trying to get better at, and a lot of that just hinges on defense. And like you know, when I was talking about the Notre Dame game and the way Forbes talked about that team afterwards, it was like. I see guys that want to score and when they don't score, they don't do anything else because they, yeah. just, they don't see the point. And he's, you know, he's essentially saying we've got to be more forward on defense. We got to be pushier on defense. Um, but again, I'm going to give some slack to a, a team that has only six scholarship players and somehow managed to not look like a complete mess out there on, on Wednesday. And yeah, mess is subjective. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was going to say they shot 41% from two. <laughs> yeah. 24% from three, but 13 of 16 from the foul line. Respect. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And That's- four turnovers. Like there are teams not with, with more guys that turn it over way more um, unforced, you know? So yeah, absolutely. Kudos for whatever that was. Yeah. But yeah I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, and I've got no clue what to make of Syracuse either. Like, are they good? Probably. How good? I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I They looked pretty decent against NC State, and NC State certainly uh, didn't look very crisp. But yeah, who knows with Syracuse, man? We just don't know. I don't. I mean, I've never known with Syracuse. You know, like, I, I really have never known. And I, like, I actually went to, I went to grad school up there. Um, and tried to enjoy that, and I don't know. That's just a brand of basketball. It's hard for me. Um, I, I have been on this thing for a long time now with, with Syracuse, and this isn't like trying to pick on Syracuse necessarily, right? But like for all the people out there who complain about Virginia, it's infuriating to me that you don't hear similar complaints. Like it doesn't exactly add fuel to the fire that like you only dislike Virginia because it's slow when you don't pick on teams like a Syracuse or a Clemson. It, oh, it totally. adds fuel. It, it adds fuel to the fire that you basically just don't like Virginia because they're good yeah. and slow, as opposed to like teams that are slow and have been and have way less of a discernible point to their offense. Absolutely. And like, honestly, hasn't Virginia been a little more fun to watch on offense this year? Like I very much think so, you know, like, that's my litmus test, honestly, too. Yeah. If you don't enjoy watching Virginia on offense this year, then you just don't like Virginia. And that's yeah. whatever. You just, you just don't like it. That's the, you do you, but like, don't, don't tell me it's like this concrete basketball opinion. It's yeah. not, you, you just don't, you just are determined not to like Virginia. And that's yes. that. And that's, that's fine. But yeah, I think it was, I, I said this, uh, I said this, I think somewhere, I don't know if I said it on here, but like Malcolm Brogdon broke it down for me. Um, oh, yeah. He, he broke down like what Virginia is trying to do. And ever since then I've been a convert because it's like, okay, if I understand what you're trying to do and you can see it now, like I can, I can always see it playing out over the course of a game. And it's like, when I understand what you're trying to do, then I can get on board with it. Yeah. You know, I feel like, and I feel like I've heard you mention the, the Brogdon point before, but like it is really helpful, especially once you know what you're looking for, if you can see it, it's like, okay, you know what? Like I can, I really can, I really can understand the concept of what this is supposed to be and how close they're hitting to it. Um, and I think, yeah. you know, that's like, that's us being lucky to talk to people that get it and, you know, like fans not necessarily getting that aspect, but it's kind of like you're saying, if you're, if you're programming not like Virginia, you don't really care about anything that you could learn about Virginia basketball either. You know. Right. And and they're not I mean, the blocker mover stuff, I get it if it's not for everybody. But again, at least there's a point like it feels like the Syracuse offense for years has been like, although I think it, they're a little more entertaining to watch offensively this year, I think. But it, for years, it's been we're playing six dudes and we're going down to the end of a shot clock and putting our best offensive player in an ISO situation. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like with Clemson, it's like, we'll pass the ball around and then someone will jack up an ill-advised three-pointer and hope one of your talented big guys gets an offensive rebound. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I, I, and they're running less blocker mover. Now they're doing a lot of motion stuff and it's been, it's been fun to see Tony Bennett sort of get some tweaks, um, you know, in what they're doing offensively to cater to his best players. And that's what good coaches do, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 they tweak their system to their personnel. Um, that actually gets us very nicely into the next game, <laughs> which is Duke at NC state, because look, and, and by the way, I said this on air the other day <laughs> here locally, I, I never would have imagined a scenario where a Duke NC state basketball game would somehow be more depressing than the Duke NC state football game was. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it's not good. It's like, I, I feel, I don't know, like listening to, listening to Kevin Keats on Monday, I generally feel bad. Um, especially, you know, like Devin Daniels gets his injury in the weight game and you can clearly see how much of an impact he makes, he can make on that team. Um, God, talk about just the worst time of year to to lose a guy like that. And, you know, it's not even – that's that's one of those, like, I don't want to call it 
uh, a typical bas- basketball season thing, but like losing a guy to a season ending injury, it's not like, a, you know, COVID knocking a guy out for a season or something, something, um, you know, quote unquote off court. You know, I think, I think that makes it even harder a little bit in my mind. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, yeah. Oh man, we got to deal with like a guy tearing his ACL too. You know, <laughs> like that's what, that's kind of the way I felt when the news came out about his injury. Um, and it made me a little sick because of, of all the years to do it, like this, it's never going to be great, but this is even worse. Yeah. And he, you know, he was having a really good season and he's just so important to them. And, you know, they've had two COVID pauses of their own and it's just, they were playing so well before their second one hit. And it's just, it's just a kick in the gut. And like DJ Funderburg said it after the game the other day, like it's not like they're not within reach in all of these games. Like it's just several silly preventable things that could you know, have reversed their fortunes in so many of these games, even without Devin Daniels and even with all they're dealing with. And it's just not enough. And I don't, there are, I mean, they had 13 first half turnovers against Syracuse. That's yeah. And it's like, now that you say that, it's kind of funny to think about it in the sense that I feel like Wake and NC state are kind of the, the two sides of a coin where Wake's been in a lot of tight games and yeah, they've won a few. Um, but I think that there's a lot of content of just being, being able to play so tight, especially when they open the ACC season with so many games against, you know, AP top 25 teams. One of those teams was Duke and we've learned very clearly that Duke just isn't a a normal Duke team this year. Um, you know, but you, you know, you see a team like Wake that's, that's very happy with the fact that it's in these dog fights. And then, you know, what you said about State, where they probably should have, I mean, like they were clearly playing like a top team before that second break. Um, and they know that they probably could could be a top team right now. And like they're just this close and it's just not falling their way. Um, it's really interesting yeah. to think about those two teams in my mind now that you've said that. Yeah. And I think with Duke, it's, you know, I brought up the whole like adapting to your personnel thing, because that's what Coach K has done just so beautifully throughout his entire career. You know, he's always had an answer with whoever is on his roster. He obviously still has a pretty good recruiting class. There are talented players on that roster. And I've said this too, like when Duke plays poorly in games and or loses it aesthetically it does not look as bad as like when a North Carolina does Mm -hmm. Um, mostly because Duke offensively is usually okay. Not great. You know, not terrible by any stretch. They, they don't shoot as poorly as North Carolina does when it gets in its ruts offensively, but, and they don't have as many like baffling turnovers, although they're prone to some of that, but it's their defense, you know? And I think that's been a, a familiar kind of through line of the season and, uh, you know, if you can defend, you're going to always give yourself a chance. And if you're not at a high level defensively, it's just not going to be good enough. And, and that's what's been so bizarre to see with Duke is even in some and even in the past, some Duke teams have not been as good defensively. Uh, this team is just kind of at another level with it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's a really interesting way to think about it, because you're right. Like their their ability to hit the three, I think, is maybe um, one of those one of those older traits. that's always going to stick with me. And I'm sure it does with you a little bit too of like the old Duke teams before the, the one and dones like really became a staple for Duke year in and year out. Um, yeah. But you're right. Like the defensive component has always made them a tough team to beat. And I think, I mean, like the program is what it is, but it's always going to mean something when you beat Duke, even if it's a year like this where they're struggling. Like that's a big win for, for Notre Dame the other day. Uh, yeah, it, and it, it's it, for me. It's like three point defense with Duke is something I think about with their program as like a pillar. Because again, Coach K does kind of adapt his teams. They don't always play the same stylistically. They do usually hit threes. Well, that is you're right. That is something you think about with Duke. But I also think about three point defense. They yeah. don't like to let take a lot of them. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't like to help. They like to make sure that they don't give up looks from three. And they are three twenty eight in the country in three point defense. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. <laughs> it's, it, it really is. That's that's the wildest thing to me. That and the free throw disparity, because those are two things you think about with Duke year in and year out, is they figure out a way to get to the line and keep you off it, and they figure out a way to make threes and prevent you from getting good looks, and neither of those things are happening. And it's 
it's pretty crazy. And yeah, you just kind of, I don't know, all season, I've just kind of kept waiting for Duke to like, okay, well, they'll get it together. Like, they don't look like they're that far off, but it just, it just isn't happening. Yeah. And I think, I think I'm like, I think we're all kind of programmed that way. Like, I feel like they're always, almost always playing their best basketball by the end of the year. Um, and that's a really good mark of a coach too, or that's a, that's a mark of a really good coach as well. You know, the being able to adapt, but having your team playing its best basketball as conference tournaments roll around. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just so far from there. Um, and you could see too, that like they understood what that loss meant, you know, like they understand now that they don't have a real chance I think, um, I mean, maybe, but even winning out, like even if they won out, I think they would still find themselves in some peril uh, in terms of making the tournament unless they win the AC tournament. And it does kind of feel like, and you, you've probably, you'll probably be able to answer this better than I could just because I'm sure you've seen more K post game stuff. I feel like K has reached this um, different level of Zen about it. As far yes. as like, hey, this is just what we are. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, <laughs> you're 100 percent right. Yes, he, he's, he's talked about that. And the only time he's been mad at this team, and it was justifiable, was after the Miami game, um, because they weren't playing tough in that game. He called them soft. Yeah. Um, but every other game, almost like they, he, he said it too. Like he gave credit to the opponent, and he was like, "We're trying." You know, we're trying, we're playing hard. We just make mistakes. Like he was talking about defensively, like helping off of guys. You know, that's certainly not something you would expect to see out of a Duke team at this stage, especially with how bad they've been against three pointers, you know? Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, but he knows that they're trying and he has been defensive of them in that way. Um, which is, I think, part of the reason you saw him get a little testy with the student reporter after the Louisville game of like, where do you go from here? Yeah. Um, it was a legit question and a fair one. Um, but I think for him, I think he really is in a place now where he's just kind of taking it game by game with this group. And, um, he was clear, he's not playing for the future. Like they're trying to win. Like he's not just going to put guys in so they can get experience is kind of what he said. But like at the same time, I think he understands, you know, let's just take each game as it comes. It's like where the old coaching cliche does become accurate, you know? Uh, one game at a time like that's all you can do at this point and just try to keep making improvements and making strides like that's it and i think it's like it's it's so much on a coach to like put one pushes players obviously but to be realistic you know i think yes i th- and like i think that's really all that we can ask for from like anybody that like our bosses or whatever you know like be realistic with me don't don't put something on me. You don't think I can do, you know, like, and yes. I, I, I think, you know, can, can this become like quote unquote, one of his best seasons as a coach, just because of the way he's having to approach all these different aspects. It could be, you know, there's no way to like measure that. Um, but, you know, talk about a challenging year and then just kind of knowing that, Hey, we're just not going to be what we typically are, but I can't, I, I gotta, I gotta like keep working with these guys, you know? Yeah, he talked the other day too about like how he's really evaluating himself a lot more than he than he does in some other years and trying to make sure he's communicating with people in the best way that he can. He talked about getting like his second dose of the vaccine. He loves this phrase. He said it knocked him back. Um, he uses it, I guess, in a basketball sense and a non-basketball sense, but it made him not feel very well. And you do hear that about that second dose sometimes, but, but, you know, he was like, I thought back to what I was saying to them after I didn't feel well. And it's like, was I communicating well? Did they get the message? Like, I don't know. And maybe I should go back and, and make sure that they understood what I had to say. So I thought that was really interesting too. It's like, you're dealing with getting, you know, a COVID vaccine that makes you feel like crap for like 24 hours and (laughs) having to like talk to this group of like fragile young kids that is at a program that always wins and they're not winning. (laughs) Yeah. So I I think that that's been an interesting thing too. And and he said too, he's like, look, we've been really good for a long time. Like you're going to have, when you're around long enough, I think it's what he said. You're going to have a season like this. Like it's bound to happen. And so, yeah, I think it's interesting. He doesn't want to learn how to lose, I'm sure. Um, And he's, he's historically been a very bad loser. Like, that's (laughs) he's not a good loser um i mean that's probably what you want in a coach 
but he's not a good loser. And um, I think he's become a better loser this year, which sounds so bad. Yeah. But I, you know, I think like, I think, I think, um, you know, just kind of reaching the age he's at, like, I feel like most people kind of go through, at least I saw it with my grandparents and, and have seen it in other cases, but like, I think you do kind of see some of those edges grind down a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think if, if, if there was going to be a year where that happened, it was going to be this year. Um, so that's kind of been like a neat, neat little evolution that I know I've noticed a little bit. And as somebody like somebody like yourself, that's paying more attention to him than I am. Um, I'm sure you're seeing it too. And so that's kind of been like a neat thing to, to, I guess, kind of experience or to see going on a little bit. Yeah. I always know it. Kay always has a message he's trying to get across usually. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew when he said what he said about like, should we like, we have to think about whether or not we should be playing or like what goes into that. I knew he wasn't saying we don't want to be playing. I knew that. Yeah. I, I knew what he was saying is there's no one in charge at the top of college basketball. That's paying attention to this. Yep. That's the message he's sending and not the other, but I get it. Yeah. Your back jokes are dumb. Don't send them to me. Yeah. Yeah. Never again. It's been almost 30 years. Yeah. They, like, <laughs> it's never been funny. They're not funny now. And I, most people that think they're funny or they're making a funny joke aren't funny. Um, yes. That's a general rule of like. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. <laughs> yeah. It's I, I, I'm tempted. I said this the other day on, on ACC Panic Room, which I do with Joe Obvious. Um, I said, like, look. If you, I should, I'm going to start telling people if they make the back jokes, especially at this point in the year when it's very clear that they're not going to opt out. Right. Yeah. I'm going to start telling people that, okay, you want to make a joke? If he doesn't cancel the season, you have to delete your account. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be, that'd be a blessing on, on multiple fronts, honestly. I've I've even joked, I've joked with my wife of like, I'd love to be a guy, especially this year, that's just paid to go around and say to people like, you're not funny. Just stop it. Or like, Hey, that joke wasn't funny. Um, and if I have to say that to myself sometimes, fine, you know? Oh, totally. totally yeah. Fine. Check me. I'm it's an, fine. I'm an idiot. Like you can call me an idiot from time to time, but like, yeah, I'd be, my happy jokes to, are mostly terrible. I'd be happy to tell you that like, Hey, that wasn't funny. Maybe don't do that again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Same. Uh, but all right. So that game will be super fun. Uh, Carolina, Virginia, that closes us out. We already talked a lot about both these teams. I think, well, more North Carolina off the court, of course. Yeah, sure. And, and, and I, I think that's the, that's the big million dollar question, right? Is, I mean, I mean, I haven't heard anything about any positives. I think I totally understand why Miami didn't want to play. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that it was, it seems to have mostly been handled maturely by all sides. Um, I got the sense that Roy didn't get told by those players immediately. Um, what they had done. Yeah. That's kind of how Which, I read the me too. Like, <laughs> that's unfortunate. Yeah. Because the thing is at the end of the day, like you got to give, and this has been my thing with COVID the whole time. You got to give people a choice, you know, You've, the people you're going to be around after you make a poor decision, you have to be able to give them a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're going to be around even just your teammates, not to mention like Miami, but even if you're going to be around the rest of your team who maybe wasn't at that party or your coach who, I I don't know if he's gotten the second dose yet. He's close if he hasn't. Um, but like, you've got to give people a choice. You can, you engage in the risky behavior, whatever, but you've got to give people a choice, you know, whether it's people at the grocery store or whatever else. And you're by, by engaging in the risky activity and then going around other people, you're not giving people a choice. Yeah. Right. Um, if you don't tell them. And, and that's, what's going to be interesting about this one, because, you know, let's like, let's say it does get to the goal line of they're actually tipping the game off. Right. Um, and again, like I have no inside info either. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on within the scope of all this. We'll probably know way more tomorrow, which (laughs) completely obsolete. So Uh, I mean, sorry to advance people. Yeah. But it's like, if, even if like, let's say they do play, you know, is, is, uh, is Armando going to play? Is Dayron going to play? You know, like, and apparently there were others that you know weren't seen. Yeah, so or, like, and yeah, those are the two major ones. Um, I mean, that was honestly a component of this matchup that I think I was looking forward to the most. You know, oh, of, sure. of like what they were going to be doing in the post against each other, and I don't know. Again, you know, like we come back to that point of like, I think 
I think program this was going to test programs more than ever as far as like you know quote unquote culture, but like you know the the trust factor between everybody it was really going to test that it really was um, it was going to test everybody's patience it's going to test everybody's you know will to keep up with these very strict things that we're all dealing with. Um, I think it's unfortunate. Like, I think it's unfortunate that I think it's unfortunate that we're in a spot and and time right now where, you know, college kids are being shamed for trying to have a little get together and it got out of hand, um, because every other year, no one cares. But, um, when the pandemic's going on, you gotta be smarter than that. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that it blows for everybody. And I don't envy Roy, Roy Williams at all because like, it's one of those things where it's like, if you don't play everybody at that party, first of all, I don't know how long that list is. So yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, which ones do you punish? Only the ones on camera, only the ones who, you know what I mean? Like, how do you make that decision? And then how do you decide to do that? Because the team, you know, who knows how the team's going to react? I, I would imagine he's probably talking a lot to like, and this is just a guess on my part. I have no idea who was there and who wasn't. But like a Garrison Brooks, I do remember his face when uh, somebody told him that students were celebrating on Franklin Street. Yeah. Um, he, he, he made a face of like, uh, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so I, my guess is that Garrison was not there. It's purely a guess. Yeah. I, so my guess is that Roy is talking to him and his, anybody else who wasn't there, that's like a leader that, and trying to gauge what they want him to do, you know? Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day too, it's not fair to everybody else. If you go up to Virginia and don't have two of your best big guys, um, even, you know, I, I would imagine that the team would rather play with them than without them. But what, you know, there, <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe you do some sort of internal punishment. I have no idea how you handle that. If you're, you're Roy and I'm glad I don't have to be the one to decide. Yeah. And it's been such a shell game too, as far as like what programs are willing to, to say and not to say, you know, like they won't say that a guy's out for COVID, but you know, I think, I think anybody that's got a brain that's functioning a little bit, you know, you can kind of piece together who's missing and why they're missing. Um, you know, so it's like, if he does try to approach this game where he's not playing the people that he's quote unquote punishing, it becomes very clear who was all of that party to every reporter yes. that's covering the program. You know, and, so it punish, and it punishes everybody else on your team because you're sending them out there to play a really good team, the best team you've faced in quite some time, without uh, the core of your roster. Yeah. So it's like, do you even put up trying to play that shell game? Do you waste this opportunity to maybe knock off of Virginia if you think you can play your best game against it? You know, like, what a headache. What a... Maybe maybe that's like... Maybe that's what what should be the the tagline for the... NCAA tournament <laughs> or something. It'll be, you know, 2021 NCAA tournament. What a headache. And it'll look great on a t-shirt. Um, the branding <laughs> opportunities will be endless. That's what, that's what I think this, this season should be branded as. Yeah. It's, it'll be fascinating to me to see the on-court dynamic too. Like, is there, you know, are they going to be as in sync as they were before? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't have a good answer to that. I don't know what their situation has been. I'm assuming they're just practicing as normal right now and trying to test the guys. And by, by Saturday, I think we should probably have a good idea about whether or not, you know, a week is a pretty, it, that's, that's pretty, pretty substantial. So mm -hmm. That's and and I'm assuming nobody you know they don't know of anybody that tests positive that was there without a mask so I don't know um, <laughs> I don't know I don't know um, and yeah Virginia obviously has looked really really good it, that's a tough place to play even though there's not really that many fans and it'll be interesting to see because North Carolina North Carolina looked great against Duke and can they keep it up I. I you know, and how will this impact them? I, there's just a lot of questions. I mean, I feel like with almost every game, we're like, who knows? And that's how it's <laughs> yeah. been the whole year. <laughs> yeah. Every, every statement about a game anytime this year is ended with one of those shrugs, like, eh? I don't know, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do not know. All right. <laughs> Ethan, tell everybody where they can find you. You guys can find me on Twitter at Ethan Joyce WSJ, um, writing for the Winston-Salem Journal. 
All right. And go check out what Ethan wrote. Um, you should pin that tweet like with your article in it. Um, I'll do that. Me, t- me telling you how not to run, how to run your Twitter, of course, because <laughs> I'm great at it. I'm amazing at Twitter. My but yeah, I was, um, I scrolled through anyways, just to find it because I wanted to make sure that um, I read it after I'd heard your questions and um, it was as good of a piece and as interesting as I thought it would be. So um, yeah, y'all need to check that out and check out Ethan and um, yeah. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Until next crazy week, everybody, who knows what insanity awaits us all.